We took time to find a little peace and serenity in the outback patio of Pizzeria La Rosa. This space is reminiscent of Italian family gatherings, and the best part is, if you didn't know it was on this little dead-end street, you'd almost never find it. Matt DiGesu accompanied us for a talk about getting started in the pizza world and found East Coast roots in San Diego before he stumbled on this property with character. Let's go on the record. My mom was somebody that just cooked breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and I don't really remember us going out to eat all that much. It was either going to your grandparents or, you know, staying home, but uh, one spot still there, Roma Pizza, Columbus Avenue, Takaho, it's been there 90-something years in business, and it was like, I think, after church was, you know, on a Saturday night when you are a kid, it was going to Roma for pizza and that was it that was like the only place I really remember going and then once in a blue moon we'd walk up to Piper's Kilt which is still there still amazing and still a place I pop in every once in a while when I have the time uh really those are the only two spots I remember going to and they're still there so it kind of describe Piper's Kilt though because you know listeners all over it's an experience well Piper's Kilt's changed so much over the years I mean they used to have three locations. They were in the Bronx, they were in Inwood in Manhattan. Uh, Eastchester one, I think, was the third one. It's the only one that's still there. And just, I think, back in the 80s, it was kind of like a tough bar. Like a, you know, I guess what the place next door, Mickey's Spillings, like, kind of became where, like, the young people went, got in fights, whatever, like, nonsense. Uh, But... Yeah, Piper's Kilt was kind of just like the local yokel burger spot, loud music, uh, sports, people yelling and screaming at the Yankee game. You know, cool spot. Just like dive bar with great burgers. That's it. Those uh, those burgers, you don't add anything. You don't even have to add anything to them. Throw some caramelized onions on them. Maybe yeah, a slice yeah, of cheddar. Yeah, we used to, like, the East Chester burger, you get the side of chili. It comes with, like, bacon. I don't even really eat bacon anymore, so it's kind of like, you know, just plain cheeseburger there. They're, they make a monster burger. Justin makes a – Smokehouse <laughs> does a great burger too. You want to talk burgers in Westchester. It's definitely comparable. Okay. So, so, sure. Same thing, just salt and pepper. Yeah. Keep so, it simple. Use a good meat. So how long were you deciding that you were going to just go into some form of culinary and kind of get a space open? started in this industry about 15 years ago when I was 25 and had no plan on doing it for more than like a year and I figured I'd go back to corporate America I was a marketing director and you know it just kind of industry took me over and that was it I think probably after about the second or third year I wrote my business plan so yeah looking back now probably 12 years ago and it took me yeah, almost uh, 11 years before I finally opened my own spot. So what was, it was the kind of like a long, long, long road? It wasn't overnight at all. Where were you working when you wrote the business plan? What was the first restaurant you were? I started at? in San Diego, so I was out there. San Diego. Yeah, San Diego, fucking amazing place. I uh, was a marketing director in the city. Company was based out in LA, and they were like. You know, what would make you happy? We like you. You do a good job. And I was like, give me a transfer out west. I love it out there. Like, every trip I've gone on with the company has been amazing. And got the transfer to San Diego. 
got laid off the first week I was out there, Pepsi bought the company and they were like, sorry guys, like marketing department, first one to go. So they paid me out, it was like three, four months severance package. And you know, like I spent a week or two like partying at the beach, you know, typical, like I'm 25, I'm in a new place. but yeah, I'm a hustler. So I got bored after like a week or so and was like, yeah, I'm just gonna go work at a bar or whatever, anywhere. Just something I've never done. I'm gonna do something. Money didn't matter. Like I was getting paid for a while. So I'm like, especially at 25, like it yeah. feels like a lot of money 20, when yeah, you get a lot. Yeah, three 20. months worth of paychecks for doing nothing. I was, I was just, like, yo, I'm just I'll just say, go yeah, do tw- some bullshit. 25, work. here's four months' salary. We'll drop you off on the beach in uh, yeah. Southern, Southern Insurance California. for like, you know, yeah. six more months, whatever. Like it was Sounds like, like a pretty nice situation for a <laughs> It was a good severance package. <laughs> Pepsi did okay. They like took care of us in that sense after buying the company. And yeah, I was like walking down the street. And I heard like music blasting out of. You serve this- Pepsi or Coke products? Coke, <laughs> strictly Coke. Yeah, fuck, like fuck Pepsi. Sorry, seriously. But uh, yeah, I was like walking down the street, and uh, I heard music blasting from this black building, just like blacked out completely. No windows. <laughs> door was locked and I was like what is this place and I look up and it says Hoboken on it just Hoboken that was it and I was like oh weird I was just my office for the last two years for the job I had was in Newark so I was like very familiar with that part of Jersey and whatever like you had to investigate now yeah 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 <laughs> so I went home I went back to my apartment and I'm talking to like you know my new roommate and I'm like yo what's up with the place around the corner and he's like oh they open at like four o'clock they're open like four to four every day so i was like all right i'm gonna go back i went back and the kid making pizza had like a uh new jersey like hardcore bands t-shirt on and i was like what's up like instantly connected to him do we just become best friends (laughs) yeah pretty much pretty much kevin fleming like really taught me how to make pizzas 15 years ago and it was like we bonded over music and then i was like really bad at it like they gave me a shot to make pizza and like i was bad like (laughs) took a while and it was one of those things i was like i'm not giving up like i want to be better than everybody here and then it's kind of like that's followed me to every job i've had after and i think all you guys can relate like when you're in your industry and your profession and you like think you've mastered it it's like you go to a new spot and suddenly you're you're at the bottom of the totem pole so it's like who's the top guy here how can i take him out (laughs) and that was kind of like i had to build up that confidence over being so bad for like a couple years and these guys were like super patient and like you know now i'm like the last one standing like a couple of them still do it but how do you learn though how do you learn how to make the pizza coming from nothing? Like, what's like the first steps? Like, you don't just get to go do triple axles or something out oh, the gate. Even like, more it, than you that. You got to lead up to it. How do you decide to learn pizza when you're out on the West Coast when the East Coast has such a reputation for pizza? Like, how do you know that? I you're- didn't think it was going to be a career thing. I was just like, oh, I'm going to hang out with like some kids from the East Coast that live in Southern California. And it was like instant connection because, you know, like, let's be realistic like anywhere you go in the country is a little bit different 
Uh, you go down south, you go, you know, to the Pacific Northwest. Like, every spot in the country has a different vibe, and I think it's kind of like Europe, which I've never been to. It's like, Europe's huge, and there's all these, you know, countries that in America would just be states and kind of everybody's like way different so I kind of connected to these east coast guys and yeah I didn't think it was going to be like a long-term thing it just kind of like happened and I was making really good money like we were a late night spot so bigger making really good money just making pizza yeah like tips (laughs) like I was walking out with like bartender tips every night because we were open two hours after the bars closed we had a we were on the busiest like Pacific Beach in San Diego is I think per capita like the biggest bar scene in the country it's like back then in like early to mid 2000s it was like I think like 40 bars on like a seven block strip and after the bars let out it's like yo where are they gonna go there's taco places or there's a couple pizza places and we were like the only true like east coast spot like the owner Tommy great dude was from Hoboken and you know, it was like lying out the door from midnight till 4 a.m. And it was like he ran the counter and was like, was really good at getting tips, really good at getting tips. And obviously being the owner, he wasn't getting tips. At the end of the night, it was like straight to the pizza guy. It's like, yo, here you go. 2.30 in singles. And you're like, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is fun. That works. Yeah. yeah. When you do that every, like, five six nights a week and then you're getting a paycheck and then it's like you're in southern california where your day off is literally just sleeping on the beach what like i mean it's crazy to me to even think that i never think about pizza and like just tips like i would never think that on the bar side of things where i'm at like i would never think that the pizza was something that would stack up like that like hey here's here's a tip like what techniques was he using to get oh, extract dude, so money he had, from like, people? he had the concierge bell so if somebody came up and tipped like the cowbell i guess you guys have behind the bar like similar thing where it's like somebody gives you a good tip you hit the thing yeah so he had a little concierge bell right at the counter right next to the register and he'd like you know hit it like crazy times he was kind of like a big tough intimidating dude so it was kind of like once one person tipped and there's like 30 deep in a line everybody's like oh i guess i, I have to tip so it was like pure <laughs> pure intimidation and also i'm just sure a lot of those kids were like just hit the bell and he was like put the tip yeah, in there well it was also like out there everybody gets ranch with their pizza and we used to like charge for it so people would always put up a big <laughs> deal about it like what do you mean 50 cents for a ranch be like yo ranch doesn't go on pizza but no, it's 50 cents. That's fine. Buy it. So people would be like, this is crazy. And then you would ring the bell and he'd be like, not only did this guy think I'm going to give him ranch for free, he doesn't tip. We're working hard in here. And then like the next guy behind throws a five in and, you know, just kind of like snowball. You know what, you know what I say about ranch? Ranch is for rookies. Just ranch in general. Like I can't even have it on salad. It's just, I don't know. But in the, on the West Coast, that's, that's their like oil and vinegar. <laughs> so how long were you in here trying to, you know, topple the top guy? Ooh. There was, like, a lot of guys got poached and went other spots, and then some people just went and got real careers. Pizza poachers? And, yeah, 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 yeah. When, like, when Are you're... Are we in the Wild West? <laughs> this is crazy <laughs> out here. Well, like, we, people we, do we, it all the time. Yeah. I used to, like, get 
like near fights with people over it who would like come in and like straight up try to steal my staff at other places I was running. He's, I'd be he's like, like the king of doing it. Who the fuck are you guys? Like, I, I do put an ad up on Craigslist. Like, see who you get. The, like, good, the good people are working somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. The ads no, don't that, work for the good that's people. That's the <laughs> truth. But how do you get those people to want to work for you? Right. So it's kind of you have to do that job where make your place as great as possible so that like they're looking like oh i was at the bar and i was bullshitting with this person and they look they're like making this much money in tips yeah. tonight i'm only making this much money and it looks Shit, like maybe let fun. me see if i can get a shift or two over there you know usually, and then it's also the vibe i usually like to go frequent other bars and then i always do if i'm there three times in a week i'm probably trying to steal somebody really <laughs> that's how it goes okay yeah i don't <laughs> He's going to trip you on the way back. I guess because I've had it done to me like so many times and I saw it happen with like other people before, like I said, before I was like a manager. But yeah, it's, you know, I don't, I don't don't blame you. I don't steal from guys I know. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. That's well, then you're back. Welcome here again. (laughs) That's fair. Yeah. I don't do that. Because then that's bad, you know, like whatever. Yeah. Chain restaurants, those type of places. Oh, Those are all fair game. That's fair. That's a hundred percent. But uh, with a pizza place like that being uh, where you just said there was pretty much 40 bars on this strip in San Diego, like I've started seeing it out here a lot in the bar areas where they start employing like bouncers at the door. Like, we, were you utilizing these things? I or? was going to say we had like a pretty like gnarly like East Coast crew, like a bunch of goons. Yeah, so well, we will kind jump of, over this pizza. No, time. so that like happened. <laughs> that happened many a night. like, really? and that's the thing, you know, like late nights, it's. It's the last spot you can go to to try to pick somebody up to go home. Mm-hmm. Like, the bars are closed. You're hanging out on the streets trying to, like, keep the party going, figure out who's going to come back and, like, last who's going to go effort. where. Yeah, 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 the last, like, chance. So, of course, that, that element brings out a lot of violence and, a lot yeah, of aggressive we, there was a lot of wild shit that I saw there. But Douchery. for the most part, nothing crazy because we had a pretty – solid crew in there of like intimidating guys and people knew not to really mess around but also you know the police presence like out there is like heavy and it's also I think a big problem too it's a military town and like I come from a military family so I would never say anything bad about the military but uh you know a lot of those guys like to fight (laughs) so there was a lot of fights when I guess you stayed for how long in the pizza place here? All right, I stayed there about in, Ho- in Hoboken. Hoboken was enough. about three years, and Tommy did probably the best thing anybody could have done for me. Where he was like, "All right," he's like, "All right, kid, you learned everything you could learn. So you gotta go somewhere else. Like, you got the business plan. Like, you can't open your place off like working just here." And so he's like, "In the next month, I want you out." Straight up. I was like, okay. Got two jobs the next day. Like, was like, yo, where, where are the busiest spots? Like, what places do more value? Went there and hired me on the spot in both spots. So I was doing part-time. And then they were both jealous that I was doing part-time at the other places because they like my work. And they were, like, kind of bidding to keep me. And I ended up taking, like, a general manager position at one spot that I stayed at, uh, Pizzeria Luigi in San Diego. I stayed there for about five years. And they were, like, when I started, they just were, they were coming off, like, a little bit of 
fame from Triple D and they took that, opened another spot, opened another one. So they had like three locations right when I started. One of them was like a weird partnership that went wrong, but you know, it was just kind of like a monster still to this day, like does volume. And it's like, if you're somebody who cooks that's used to volume, it's like, you're very valuable. And you know, it's hard to find. It's like very hard to find. It's very hard to find a pizza maker who's like, I can make 300 pies in a day like nothing. I don't need people standing over my shoulder, but there's too many guys that like can only make 100 pies a day that are going to complain every minute about it and be slow and fuck up like delivery times and pickup times and keeping customers happy. So it's like, it's, you know, like any service job, it's like, how do you do something as fast as possible, put out, keep the quality up, and just let people know, like, regardless of how busy we are, you're going to get your food quick. So it's, you know, it's like, you got to become that guy. You got to be like, all right, I could just bust out all this work like nothing. And then just after years and years and years of doing that, it's like, okay, this is just a, like, it's a game. <laughs> Jay, you can get the similarities between that and, like, being behind the bar. It's kind of the same idea. 100%. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm just still hung up on what you just said about him setting you free from the pizza space and saying that you've learned everything you can learn here. It's time to, like, move on. Yeah, and that's such a nice thing you for can't, you can't keep You can't have one person's recipes and then, like, alter that and go do your own thing. you got to work at, like, multiple spots and kind of, like, understand, like, shit. Maybe I should have been doing this the whole time. And then, oh, this, you know, like he had told me, he worked at like, you know, a half dozen places before he decided to open his own. And that was the thing. He's like, this place is a combination of those six places. And it's like, that's how it's mine. Like, you want it to be yours? It can't be like a photograph copy. You know, that's important. So many like guys on the bar side, and in general in this business consistently stay I think in one place far too long where they have learned everything but they're just happy seeing the money come in nonstop. even though they have you know a dream of opening their own place yeah and I just always say too that like it just seems that if you move around a little bit more and you get a little bit more experience through seeing how other people run their place that that probably it increases the probability that you succeed when you open up your own place. So going in as the general manager at, what'd you say it was, Pizza Luigi? Luigi. Like, you weren't doing that previously. I mean, you knew kind of what was going on as far as responsibilities of whoever the manager was in the other space. But like, what kind of things did you learn from, you know, going into that, that carry over well, here today? That was just, that was like a staffing nightmare where like Hoboken had a pretty solid crew and we didn't have turnover. Luigi's was like very big like artist spot. So if you were like a musician that did, you know, cross country tours or, you know, you were somebody that went on like month long uh, surf trips to Costa Rica, like Luigi's had a job for you and you could come back in a month and have your job. It's just like the turnover was high. And I think the hardest thing there and like really what helped me here was like, okay, know that 
nobody's going to stay forever. Like, put in place a couple key people where you can always keep the ship, you know, aboard, you know, afloat. And, yeah, it's like, that was also, like, two locations. So that was, how do you juggle 38 employees between two spots and... You know, it's like something Justin's done, like, with his brand, and it's crazy. It's like, it's every single day, regardless if you try to take off, your phone is going to ring. Uh, Somebody's dog got hit by a car. Somebody's, you know, ants got to drive their aunt to the dentist. It's, It's always something. And ultimately, if you're a good GM, like, you'll take care of it. You'll figure it out. And... The whole idea with that was, like, keep the owner away as much as possible. And as long as the money keeps going up, he's going to take care of you. And, you know, it's uh, kind of what I'm trying to, like, train these guys to do is, like, take it over where you don't have to call me. So, like, lately I've been trying to take Tuesdays off. And, you know, it's like, figure it out. And, like, I popped in yesterday, you know, and they're like, the POS isn't working. And they were, like, freaking out. And then... <laughs> Julio, who's been with me since the beginning, was like, well, I just watched the video on Google, and I think I figured it out. I'm like, is it working now? He's like, yeah, it's working. I'm like, cool, you did it. Like, <laughs> Good work. <laughs> yeah, like, but you did the right thing. You didn't know. You're not a tech guy. You Googled it, and you, you got it working. And you didn't have to call me to tell me, like, freaking out. Like, you got to come here. The POS isn't working. Like, it was like, that's, that's kind of what I'm trying to build this place up to be. And... It's hard because you have to, like, find people like myself that want it. Like, I didn't just work in pizzerias. Like I said, after the first year or so, it was kind of, this is what I want to do. I want to have my own spot. I want to sign my own checks. And I want to make decisions. And so everywhere I went, I ran with it like it was my own. And, you know, it's like I made a lot of friends, made a lot of enemies. I was pretty quick with, like, Yo, you're not working out. Sorry. Like, (laughs) fire three people in a day, no problem. Like, I got a stack of resumes because, again, going back to what we were talking about, we had developed this brand that it was, like, the cool brand where everybody just wanted to work there. Like, every, like, 22, 23-year-old kid that moved to the neighborhood was like, that place is always going off. Like, everybody looks like they're having a good time. I always see them together at the bars deep. Like, I want to be a part of that. And, yeah, it's like, it's the, uh, you know, my partner Frank always talks about it. It's like the culture of the company and the culture of this industry dragged me in. And then the culture of, like, the camaraderie, it's like, there's nothing like it. You guys can agree. Like, I worked in offices and it's like, you go home and it's like, everybody goes their separate way. We're like, in this industry, we're all like, yo, let's crack a beer and bullshit about what we did right, what we did wrong today. You know, it's like, there's nothing like that. I think a lot of times, too, you see offices come out, at least on the bar side. They have their one night out where they try to build a little bit of camaraderie and, you know, a little bit of a team culture-ish mentality. And it's definitely different in the restaurant business. You have that every day, all day long in the restaurant. Because you're standing next to somebody, working next to them, like directly next to them for 10, 11, 12 hours a day sometimes. It's hard not to become close to somebody at that point. Yeah. Really different. The difference is usually in an office, you're not executing a task for 12 hours in a row. Right next to something. Like sweating it out in front of the end user, right? You're like, 
in your on your desk working on something it goes somewhere else i don't know yeah don't know. and then you, you come together at lunch or at the end yeah, of the day lunch but what are yeah. you working on? Uh, all right see you later yeah That's yeah, it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know like i got along with people i worked in the office with but like we weren't it was different we weren't kicking it on our days off right. like yo yeah. let's go to the beach or right you know let's yeah, go you to this your show. Friends. there's yeah, a yeah, show yeah, next whatever. week on this night you want to go it's like it just kind of wasn't like that but like it happens when you're not in the trenches taking grenades. Literally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think Matt has a valid point also, though, about how when you create the brand, the place where people want to be, the place where people want to be a part of, it's got to feel like it's so much easier to find employees where we're looking at all these places struggling right now to just fill holes in their team. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. some of the maybe more, I guess, trendy spaces where the eye is on them, it's probably easier to see the resumes coming, no? Well, I 100% agree with you. 100%. It's, right now is the hardest time to find work, just workers, period. Um, you know, there's a lot of people still afraid to go out and work. There's a lot of people that are making more money to sit home. Uh, it's difficult, and we've been really fortunate. I think a big thing that also that I learned from Luigi's is like, use your network. And like, so I'm constantly asking these guys, like, you know, do you know anybody like looking for work? Like you want somebody to come and like mop the floors at the end of the night for some money? Like anybody, you know, you got somebody that can bust tables, fill waters. Like, and these guys are pretty good. Like they're, you know, they're like a family, like our crew. And they're always like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I got this one or that one. Or, Oh, so and so is coming home for college. Cool, put them on for the summer. Like right. you, you know, Tomorrow. we need the help in the summer. So it's like <laughs> I'm looking forward. I have like three kids coming back from college who are like gonna hit me up. Like, how many hours you got? And we need yeah. to talk to the college, uh, to the colleges about ending their school year a little bit earlier, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they can get they, back that much because that summer help. They yeah. get back like two weeks too late. Yeah, you know, no, like, no, no, it's always, and then <laughs> they always leave too early. Where yeah. you're like, damn, we haven't gotten through the summer, and I just lost like three like really strong yeah. working people like oh, i back go back to school it's the third week in august i'm like bub, 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 labor day weekend <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's uh yeah when you left luigi's like at what point do you decide all right i've learned everything i could possibly learn here and it's time to pursue the next space well unfortunately it wasn't that easy like i uh wasn't going to leave Luigi's. He was going to open. I think he's on his fourth spot right now. And, you know, I could have, like, stayed there and been, like, a lifer. And I know people that have been there for, you know, 15 years, you know, that never left. But uh, my father got sick. He was living in the Bronx. He moved back after, uh, you know, I guess mid-2000s. And, yeah, I had to, like, come home. And so I moved back to New York after being out there for uh, nine years. And, you know, after, like, spending a month in the hospital, kind of losing my mind every day, uh, I was like, shit, I got to work. Like, one, I got bills to pay. Two, you know, he wouldn't want me just sitting here. So I, uh, talking to, like, my best friend uh, who does our social media for La Rosa, and he was like, I was like, yo, I, I, like, I'm here I don't know how long I'm going to be here, but I might as well take advantage of it. What should I do? And he was like, yo, just make a list, pick, you know, five spots that you really want to go at and learn from. And it was wood. 
like cooking with wood. I had never done it and uh, made my list, went around, and I was fortunate. Uh, caught Frank at Best Pizza, who I had met maybe a year prior. It was like home in town for a wedding. And, you know, it was like a spot on my radar being this is my industry. And I went and checked it out. He was really cool. And he was like, yeah, if you ever move back to New York, stop by if you want work. And I did, and he hired me. And I say I was there for about a year before I was like, all right, I got to do my own thing. Like, I'm getting older. And Luigi's big thing, which is like, I'll always say super important. Luigi was like, yo, don't open your business in your 40s. Like, your body's going to change, and you're not going to be like the man you were where you could work 70, 80 hours a week. Like, you know, this this line of work, it's not like just standing on your feet. It's constant, Physically like, intense. running up and down steps with cases of cheese. Like, you know, moving kegs around. Like, it's we do, like, grunt work. Yeah. And mentally, everybody's like, how are you too, so though. thin? I'm like, yo, like, if you saw my day about, like, how much I run around, that's how I stay thin. Yeah. Like, it's... And mentally, too, though. Yeah. It's like, as you mentioned, you walked in and they already had questions about POS. I find out... I find I walk in the store and it's everybody's decided they don't want to make decisions anymore. And it's like I walk past, I can't walk past anybody without somebody shooting some option at me. Yeah. hundred percent. It's uh, which I'm trying to move away from. Just do it. Just do it. What was like uh, being in San Diego for nine years where it's a whole different world over there and then coming back over to here. Like, how is that? A, it had to be a culture shock. It was, yeah, I mean, I came back always, like, once or twice a year to see family, friends, and I think working in the industry in New York, it was kind of like stepping it up, like, going from the minors to the majors, and definitely, I remember, like, one of my, I think my first night at Best Pizza was, like, a Tuesday or Wednesday night, and the uh, GM uh, partner, Hugo, is, like, one of my best buds, was like, yo, don't be offended if I kick you off the line, and I was like, oh, shit. I'm like, how many pizzas are they going to have me make? And then it was just like, your standard slow Tuesday. And I just like cruised through it. <laughs> and he was just like, all right, like you got a gig. Like, you know. But it, again, it's like, it's intense. It's a different world. I mean, it was just wild too, like being in Williamsburg. Like I lived down, I lived in Greenpoint for three years before I moved to California. And I spent a lot of time in Williamsburg. And every time I came home, that's where like, I would stay, but uh, working down there was just totally different. Just like, you know, they got a feast that goes on every year where I think like that first year they were like, oh, want to talk about culture shock? Want to talk about like not being like around Italian Americans from New York for nine years? <laughs> like, like that. And all of a sudden there's like thousands of guys like, hey, yo, give me a slice now. Like, what the fuck's taking so long? You're like, oh, man, like. I enjoy. If anybody talk to me like this in San Diego, it'd just be like the death stare, and to be like, "I'm sorry," like, you know. I I enjoy this considering. Basically, my, said I love you. My girlfriend yeah. is from San Diego. <laughs> oh and really? And sure enough, like, coming here, she just kind of like knew nothing about Italians. Like, it's yeah, just yeah, not yeah, like yeah, out yeah, there yeah. in droves like they are here. Well, Tommy from Hoboken used to ask people like, "Oh, like, where are you from? What's your like nationality?" And I remember like. 
multiple people being like, I don't know. <laughs> just like, like they were know. just so white that they didn't know. Like they were <laughs> like, my like great grandparents were probably like cowboys that crossed the country and like that is such came a off with a gold rush and just like, they didn't know. And it was just like insane. Like, or like, you know, it was like a girl with like an Italian last name where you're just, yeah. oh, you're Italian? You're like, I don't know. Like, oh, your like last name ends with an O. Like, <laughs> Just, like, weird shit like that. But same thing, too. Like, when I got out there, I would talk to people, and they'd be like, what was your neighborhood like? So, Tuckahoe, Eastchester. It's just, like, you know, it's kind of like the Bensonhurst of, like, Westchester. It's just, like, yeah. all Italian people. And, uh, you know, I was like, oh, I just kind of grew up in, like, this Guido neighborhood. Like, everybody was, like, pretty chill. But, you know, you, like, knew not to get, like, too crazy with anybody. And sure enough, they're like, I don't understand it, like, and I'm like, well, out here you guys have, like, neighborhoods where it's strictly, like, Mexicans. Yeah. Like, it's Mexican neighborhood. I'm like, bigger like that, it's just, you know, your grandmother who never spoke English can go to the bank. She can go to the, you know, the salon. She can go to the supermarket and, like, get away with never learning English. And then, like, in Eastchester, like, back then, it was, like, 100%. Like, I remember that from my childhood. So I'm explaining it to, like these new people that I'm meeting who were actually from San Diego on the West Coast and I'm like Jersey Shore came out and they were like yo is this what you this were talking about <laughs> and I was like yeah this is what I'm talking about that's my, that was Eastchester High School like class of 99 that was Eastchester like, I had a I had a blowout I'm not even Italian did you like, yeah <laughs> yeah I was I never that it. guy like just personally blowout with who no, like I'm, just kidding. Get, like, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Just let me explain this to you. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I was uh, there. Uh, the, the hair essentially just goes upwards and outwards, and there's like a little fade at the bottom. I was, I was there. I'm well, not that old. There's people listening to this in Middle America that have no yeah, idea right? what the hell we're talking about. No, everybody knows Jersey Shore. They yeah, blew it up. They blew it up for like Italian American culture in like the tri-state, and it yeah. was kind of like symbolized. Oh yeah, this is like a subculture. Like I grew up like into like skateboarding and punk rock and you know, that thing, and that's a subculture, so it was kind of, you know, being in Eastchester, like, I was, I was cool with everybody, but I was an outsider, fun, and, fun fact, Paulie D still rocks that haircut, like, my friends back home always <laughs> called, growing up, my friends always called me, like, Maddie D, and it was, like, funny, it was so Paulie D, they're like, oh, Paulie D, like, well, let me guess, like, you're Maddie D, and I was like, well, actually, like, since, like, elementary school kids have been calling me that, so, Let's talk about this, right? You come, you finally kind of get this plan together when you come home. Like, we're sitting in this beautiful place right now. We're actually sitting outside. Yeah. I think everyone can hear the birds, I'm sure, yeah. chirping. But, like, this is a very nice little outdoor uh, area in which you could sit, eat. There's heat lamps. There's little lights strung above us. Um, there's wood seating with high backs. But then also, we've got this famous famous tablecloth on wood, wood seating. He says my wood, girlfriend hates wood it. seating yeah. i like he's painting the picture yeah. I wood seating i hate this tablecloth but it has such respect <laughs> just based upon why do you hate it so much well it's just like the it's, it's the red and white checker panel table this is like the classic red sauce always. joint yeah. this, this is, is this right is there. your grandfather's sure. backyard right. yeah. and <laughs> when me and you know my contractor partner uh john devivo we were just kind of like doing design work on like how it should look and my girlfriend had all these ideas and she kept emailing John stuff and you know we kind of were like oh we it's COVID we don't have a ton of money like what can we do and what can we get away with and 
this is like they're like plywood <laughs> tabletops that John just cut down. I'm like, fuck it, let's just cover it with tablecloth and make it look like an old man's backyard. And I'm cool with it. It's like, awesome. For I, now, for now, it's fine. It's passable. It's a joke. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think it has. We're not changed. a ser- we're not Doesn't. a serious restaurant. Like we never we're, we're like we serve pizza. This isn't a fine dining spot. So it's kind of like part of the character. Like we're on this dead end street. You talked about. It's like we're in the cut. Like what do you expect from a place in the cut? <laughs> but you, you say you're in the cut. But it's also like a little bit of a historical landmark for oh, yeah. being in this spot. Like it's, it's crazy it's in that the cut, this place. But people know about it. Yeah, but it's crazy that this place sat vacant for five years. Everybody was... I mean, there were a lot of reasons why nobody took it over, and I didn't realize any of those till I signed a lease, so I was kind of stuck, like, oh, this makes sense, like, yeah. why nobody wanted this place. But, yeah, it's a, it's a historic landmark. This place has been here since 1924, you know? Approaching the 100-year mark. That's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, old school. When I walked in, uh, honestly, this place feels fantastic. When I walked in, all of this like beautiful like dark wood all over the place. White tiles you know, the, on the wall. The bar is like small, but also the bar is like sit next to the guy next to you and have a conversation. Yeah. You know, it's very inviting for that. I think. Yeah. Um, the cappuccino maker in the front or the espresso maker. You know, yeah. a couple bottles. I saw a beautiful bottle of Carpano Antica back there too. So like these things are telling me, hey, you can still get a cocktail and yeah. it should be good. Yeah. Uh, furthermore, as we continue walking in. There's like a whole area of all these records. Well, yeah, okay. It's like a bookshelf, like yeah, uh, almost yeah, like yeah, yeah. this Williamsburg-ish like bookshelf. Yeah. So we we opened. We didn't have money for Sonos. Like, <laughs> want to talk about like nobody ever has any money. Yeah. Like you <laughs> you, you just blew your entire. You went over budget by so much money that you're like, how Wait, like music? how are we gonna <laughs> play music in here? And I was like. I'm just going to bring in my record player and my receiver. And, yeah, for the first couple months, it was strictly like, yo, flip the record. Like, <laughs> in the middle of dinner service. Yeah, like, just it goes to, to silence. And you're like, all right. Like, I think, like, three months in, I'm like, all right, I won't take, like, I'll take less money this week and <laughs> buy a Sonos. So, yeah. I mean, these are these are decisions that have to be made when you're looking at the balance sheet and trying oh, to figure out dude. where the money gets out. Even like to. the plates, like we didn't go with like my parents' china plates as our first plates for any other reason that we didn't have money to like go to Fish's Eddie and I thought I thought you just Bistro. really liked the aesthetic of the plates. I loved I, like I loved it, but it started just strictly out of like I don't have like money to buy plates right now. Like you don't need to change things. Don't, serious, even, tell, don't like, even tell people that they work. They're no, perfect. and then like we broke <laughs> we all my parents' yet. china, and like then I've just been thrifting it ever since. But this is like what you've produced here is kind of the epitome of what we spoke to Christian Petroni about when he was describing you know these classic home feels and being on this island, kind of just overlooking the water, and he was like just painting this picture of the fucking tablecloths yeah, and yeah. the garlic bread and the squid, like fresh just caught, like. That's kind of what this feels like sitting here. You, can, you come out here and you kind of forget that you're on this little street in the middle of New Rochelle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's definitely a, a nice uh, sanctuary, especially for me, just like the end of the day. Sometimes everybody goes home and I just sit out here. Yep. So Sometimes I'm still shocked that I have a restaurant <laughs> where I'm like, holy so, fuck, how did this happen? I mean, so this space was vacant for five years before you came in here. And it had to, I guess, do a lot of upkeep. We're bringing it up to code? Or? Yeah, so the last time Modern signed their lease here in 84, 
And they were here for 30 years. So figure all the code that changed in that amount of time and then the amount of time that they weren't here. So it was like, I didn't know any of that. I'm like, oh, it's an old place. Everything's got to be grandfathered in. In New York State, when a place is closed for more than one year, you lose everything. You got to start fresh. So it depends on how long it's been. Thank God it was 1984 and it wasn't 1924. You know, it could have easily been that. Yeah, you would have been running new electric. Oh, dude, it's nightmare. We already so did that. Like, the electric work, the plumbing work, uh, you know, the handicap compliance, like, all the wild stuff that, from general managing and just working in pizzerias and restaurants, like, the stuff that you don't understand till it's, like, your job to do it. Like, you gotta sign, you gotta get an architect. You gotta... You know, go and get permits. You can't do any work inside till they put the sticker in the window. Just like weird shit where you're like, yo, I want to rip this whole place apart right now. But you're telling me if I do, I'm going to get in trouble. And it's 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 been a wild ride to like learn all that and to have made every mistake possible. Did you actually wait, though? What's up? Did you actually wait? Yeah. Uh, I mean, not with a lot. Yeah. For the most <laughs> part, yes. Honestly. It's past the... It's past the statute yeah, of limitations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, honestly, <laughs> honestly, for the most part, we did. We had, like, we went through a bunch of contractors. It was just, like, a nightmare in general. And, you know, it's, like, the first guy is trying to rip you off. The second guy is, like, giving you a number that you makes more sense, but he's just not showing up or, like, disappearing. And, uh, yeah, so I think, like, the first contractor was definitely doing some work before we got the permits, and it was, like, I fired him within a week anyway, so it was kind of... <laughs> when we got, when we got the, our first spot in New Rochelle, right? That was, it was a sm- the small spot. My friends used to work there when it was the pizza place, uh, when it was Blackboard. No, know. no, that's, that's down, that's down, that's oh, down from us. That that's wasn't? down from us. Yeah, no, no. Oh, really? Same, same street, but down a little bit. Mm. No, but we got in there. It was the um, it was the Crave Cave before it was, okay. it was us. Then right? I did, I was totally... The whole building was light blue. Everything. Was powder, like UNC powder blue. When I say everything, I, I mean literally the floor, the wall, the outside, yeah. the sign. Everything was that color. And we just went in and we just started, you know, we were so fresh to the idea that we didn't even think that we had to call somebody and say, we're, you know, we're doing whatever. That's crazy. And you were right there on North Avenue. Right like on North Avenue. Big glass windows. We went in there. Yeah. We bought a, uh, um, the spray painter. Like, you know, like the yeah, spray yeah, yeah, gun. Yeah, yeah. We painted the whole place. We did whatever work inside. I mean, we didn't have to really gut anything because the whole kitchen was there. Okay. That was part of the appeal of the spot that all the equipment was there and everything. Yeah. But I, I remember we called, um, you know, before you open, you have to get the COs and all that stuff. And they come in and they're like, oh, so what did you guys have to do? And we're just like, oh, no, it was, we didn't do anything. This is it. We just painted and that's it. And then went through it. But in hindsight, realized that we were supposed to be telling them the whole, yeah, even the whole painting, time. They, like, even I think with painting, they yeah. want you to file a permit, which but is they, crazy. It's like I'm spending $2,000 on painting and right. you got to give them 10%. It's like, right. here's, here's a check for 20 bucks so I can paint the restaurant. Right. Like, but I think they, shit. they didn't even notice what was going on until we told them. So when, when they did come in, we were finally you know, telling them that it was already there because otherwise you're going to have to go back and like refile it. Like, yeah, this is all there. We just... Uh, Painted that door and that's it. Change the sign, good to go. Yeah, I, I wish it was that easy here. I really <laughs> do because it was a year. Yeah. It was like a year plus of like just headaches and. Oh man! Well, now I know because the new spot, I we couldn't do that. There was obviously you, nothing there. So I, I think too though now everybody knows you too. Where it's probably 
you know, like Smoke in the beginning when nobody there? knows yeah. you and they're a shell, like nobody wants to help. Right. They're like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll come by like, you know, like a framing inspection. We had to have that done before any of the other ones. And it was like, you know, it took like two and a half months to get a framing yeah. inspection. Framing inspection, electrical yeah. inspection, plumbing wow. inspection, this expansion, that expansion. It take two and a half months to get one, one inspection and then you <laughs> got to wait for all the other ones to like snowball. The problem is though that now everybody thinks we have money. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Once you open the door, they you have see a busy one restaurant. Yeah, one Friday yeah. night, and they're like, "Oh, yeah. this guy's got money. Don't worry Ten, about yeah. it." Yeah. <laughs> what was what was the original budget in you? You said you went over the budget, like oh, by original, miles. The original budget was like two hundred. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know what we spent to build out the first new shell location? I don't even want to know. Probably uh, like. So you said you just painted and did a couple. Yeah, of, I mean, most of the stuff was there. Fifty grand. Yeah, our our entire opening cash flow was thirty five thousand dollars. Nice. <laughs> nice. And, for and that everything. was with everything, like everything. replace there and glassware. And yeah, yeah. Nice. We were we wildly underestimated <laughs> what we needed to open the spot. Yeah, but you know what? So. That's the best way to do it because you get like I love. I would have loved to have just opened the doors and sold like pizza to go for like a month before we were like, all right, now you can like sit down inside. But you know, it's like we bought the outside furniture from uh, what's that like knockoff? Bob's. I fr- no, it was, it no, was it even was worse. worse now it was like some place in Portchester next to the flea market. Franks. And we bought. It was like the six dollar resin patio chairs. stuff. Yep. That full- I have, no. new, I have new chairs downstairs that I'm pulling up, and it was like a fight where I was like, I don't want to spend the money. I'd rather, like, spend the money on this or this for the kitchen. And, you know, my contractor's like, no, these chairs suck. They got to go. So They had max weight of, like, 180 pounds. So oh, yeah. People were flying we would, through. We would sit there and watch people sit down and see, like, the legs. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Especially about your barbecue joint. You got, like, the big people coming yeah. through, like, eating... You know, like, oh, I hope that chair doesn't give out. Meat. That first year, those plastic chairs and tables were terrible. <laughs> so take us through this menu. Like, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's basic. I feel oh, like that basic. sounds like it has negative connotation. <laughs> uh, it's not no, basic. But it's simple. sexy. It's simple. It's, it's uh, tight. It's, it's, tight. it's, we, all right, so our menu, too, the same thing, like, when we open. All right, we're just going to do four pizzas, two salads, and one dessert. And that was it. And I still have somewhere inside of, like, a copy of it and it was you know modern had modern had a lot of like room they used to have the building next door to us they had the basement that they used to be able to use which was not grandfathered grandfathered into us so like i can't do anything downstairs uh so they had this massive menu and then people were coming in and they're like you have four pizzas two salads and a dessert and like people just walked out straight up and i'm like <laughs> it's we called it Pizzeria La Rosa for a reason. It's pizzeria. Just come in and get pizza, like please. And you know, ultimately, little by little, we just kind of added to it. So I think now it's like we have three salads. Um, I think it's seven or eight side dishes. We have we're up to six pizzas right now and a couple couple plates. And we do everything in house. We try to buy you know in our industry. We try to buy the top 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 quality products and we never try to cut corners and we don't change and you know it was like okay let's just have a really simple menu that we can always keep and i think that's the problem when like you have a massive menu and we had this problem actually what was it you came in last tuesday last tuesday i saw noom was here he like posted something on his story and i was like instantly like dude i'm so sorry because 
we got our ass kicked on Mother's Day. And everything Wait, you was called him out on Instagram. I didn't call him out. I no. said my salad was fucking beautiful. Uh, he, put, he put a picture of a salad, and I was just <laughs> like, "Fucking place oh, doesn't no. have anything again." <laughs> no, it was the first time. The first time since we opened, so like almost four years, where the entire menu is out by Sunday night. And of course, typical shit. Like you know, restaurant stuff. Like every six months, you have to have your uh, Ansel system checked, and can't use the gas lines for you know, the couple hours that they're in doing the work. So, of course, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the date they <laughs> scheduled, like the day after Mother's Day where we got killed, we have all of this work to do. Anybody who, and I was like, I almost just told him, like, don't open for lunch or just sell pizza. And I was kind of like, eh, you know what, it's Tuesday, let's just see what happens. Of course, like, noon shows up. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, great. Like, talented chef like shows up and i have nothing on the menu and it's like yeah pat lafreda is not showing up pat lafreda showed up that night at nine o'clock talk about like out of chicken out of meatballs like need the smoked bacon to make the vodka sauce like we were out of everything and it was so embarrassing and i'm sorry for that luckily i just wanted a salad and some wings yeah We didn't even have the wings. The wings we didn't no, even have. No, I got wings. I got oh, wings. you did? Okay, yeah, that, yeah. that truck showed up early enough. Cool. So with the wood-fired pies, they're different. Ex- explain it to me. Well, we do... I mean, cooking with wood is uh, different in the sense that it's there's not a control uh, temperature to it. So, Do you have a specific choice of wood that you prefer or only use? Yeah, we use... Uh, it's a mix. Uh, I switched up the vendors a little bit i just recently went back to everything's coming from the poconos right now and it's the guy that my partner frank's been using in brooklyn for uh, almost 10 years i've and seen that guy on tv no it, that was that's another guy well uh, there was one guy but uh, guy. that was on my partner's show that was roberta's uses yeah, but yeah. uh yeah there's a lot of people in this industry uh we use frank's firewood i like frank a lot uh or excuse me frank and jim they cut the trees down themselves, they split them, they kiln dry it, they deliver it. It's like one-man shop. It's not... I was using these guys out of Vermont. I was using this other company, and everybody doesn't do the work. They're waiting for the supply chain. And so when COVID like kind of screwed everything up, it started to be a headache. And luckily, uh, Frank and Jim never wanted to come here because they're like, yo, all of our accounts are in Manhattan and Brooklyn. We do not want to drive out there. So sure enough, uh, they came out and like they lost a bunch of accounts in the city and we're like, actually, now we'll come to Westchester. So, but it's a mix. It's a uh, birch, maple, oak, cherry. Um, yeah, it's a mix. And all those things go into the oven. Yeah. Only wood, no gas assist. Uh, uh, we don't use any coal. It's strictly wood. And, you know, it's like we put. The temperature isn't as crazy. We have the big oven. Like, it's seven and a half foot circumference in size, which is, like, you can't buy one that big from, like, a manufacturer. You'd have to have somebody custom build one <coughs> that size. So, And that's the oven that's been there since, like, old modern and before modern? Well, that, that oven, we did a ton of work on that. That was a coal-burning oven. And then in the 80s, modern converted it to be uh, oil-fired. And the guys who owned this building had an oil company, so they were, like, able to fill it. It's a 500-gallon tank right over there under, you know, behind that fence. And they were filling it once a week 
to heat the oven. So they're spending over a thousand dollars a week just to like put food out where, you know, it takes longer to cook. Uh, it's, you know, it's dirtier, you know, in the sense of like the emissions. So yeah, we are using hundred percent wood. Uh, think we get a good i think we get a great product out of it uh i love cooking with wood it's just you know it's a daily challenge and it's a ritual it's uh you know getting that oven to the right temperature uh controlling it on a friday night where you're like you know a hundred pies behind on the board and (laughs) trying to like how do i keep this thing cranking like the tops and the bottoms to look perfect and it's just, you know, you're never going to have the same pizza. And I think, uh, what's his name? Anthony Mangieri. Uh, it's like the godfather kind of like wood fire pizza in, a, in America. And he'd always talked about like, out of 100 pies I make in a night, he's like, it's probably like five of them that I like. And it's like, it's wild when you cook <laughs> with wood because now I know that. Like, I didn't really understand it till. So over the course of a day, how much wood do you think you have to put in that oven to maintain? What I was just thinking, how much a wood lot. do you go through? So we do we go through a quart a week, so it's uh, it's a lot. So if you get like a bunch of you know, you go to the gas station and buy like a, you know a bunch of wood, it's probably like four or five of those a day. You know, That's an but it's better than I thought, though. I thought there almost would have been like a lot more wood being burnt throughout the course of a That's day. A, That's it a depends. lot of five bunches of wood. That's a lot of wood. Dude. That's a lot. It's four a five lot. bunches. We could stack up on this yeah, table. But so right? yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, you're also yeah. only putting yeah. in like maybe two or three sticks at a time to maintain. That yeah, much, right. Yeah, okay. the, the the most is in the morning getting it started. So like yeah. right now, Claudia is inside and she's been here since nine. So like, how do you how do you initially fire it up for the first time? I was just going like to ask. Is the stack? Is no, 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 no. So it's the stack. Kind of yeah. like you would build a fire, like, you know, campground fire. Uh, Boy Scouts. Yeah, 100%. But we're lucky. So we, we'll put the wood in the morning. And then from the heat from the night before, we'll, like, put the wood in, close the oven again. And then after about a half hour, that wood starts to, like, starts you know, to smolder. smoke up. And then you just literally light a paper towel, throw it in, and it ignites. And then it's a long process. It's a two-hour process every day for us to get that up to temperature. Goddamn. You know? So you can get it. You can get the wood to ignite just from the heat from the night before? Yeah. Yeah. And so you're if not we putting were it out the night seven before, days, right? You're what's just, up? I said, so you're not really, like, putting it out. You're just closing the oven at the end of the Close night? The, we've spread the embers at the end of the night, and then it just chills out, you know, for the 10, 12 hours, that, 10 hours that we're not here. And then in that morning, it's still hot. You open that oven and slide the wood in, get it going. So you never actually put it out? The fire? Yeah. yeah you put it out every night, but, like, the, it's once you close the oven door, it's, like, the embers will slowly burn off. But, right. like, you know, within, like, an hour or so, you can open up that oven, and they'll you'll see those, like, they'll light yeah. up, like, Christmas lights. Like, it's wild. That's so cool. What's the deal with the sesame seeds? On the crust. Sesame seeds is... So that's uh, Frank. My partner came up with the uh, white pie in Brooklyn. Uh, he opened Best Pizza with the guys from Roberta's, which, you know, he was working with for some time before that. And, uh, yeah, he came up with that pie. Frank's just, you know, dude who went to CIA. is super talented, uh, creative, and... Frank put out that pie that kind of just got symbolized as, like, the Frank Pinello pie. And I remember we were hanging out one day, and, like, Matty Matson calls him. He's like, hey, I want to put this, like, your pizza on my menu in Canada. And he's like, 
cool, just like shout me out in it. So like go to Canada and have that sesame seed caramelized onion white pizza at Maddie Matson's place that's, you know, called Frank's Best, <laughs> you know, and it's a uh, it's a it's an interesting pie. Um, I've seen it at a couple other spots. Like, so the idea of sesame seed crust isn't like something that he just thought up overnight. But it's it, it's not a lot of places do it. It gives I that a nice. Was a thing. I thought that was like a, a special touch that you guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a special touch that Frank did. That Frank really. I pretty sure Frank was the one that made it popular and then you know you started seeing like the uh everything bagel crust and it's cool it's a it's a cool concept like people that like crust love it it's like a breadstick at the end of your slice um you know but there's also like kids that you look over at their you know empty plate and you're like oh shoot they did not mess with it at all. Yeah, well, I, so, like, I'm not a crust guy. I like yeah, would kind of go. leave it there unless I was really hungry and I needed the calories yeah. in there. You My know, son, like, Deacon, would not eat it. He's <laughs> the pickiest eater ever. It's like you're cutting off the sides of a sandwich. Dude, like he PB points. And Jay, no sides. This is how picky he is when I, when I cook dinner, you know, if I'm making a burger or whatever. If there's, he looks at his cheeseburger, and if there's, like, a mark on his cheese, he won't touch it. Mark he's like, yeah, like, cheese if there's. has to be, like, pristine and clean. You know how on a flat top? Yeah, you know the splatter. oil will splatter up on the cheese. <laughs> if if I do that and oil splatters up on the cheese like that, I'm not gonna eat that. Do you <laughs> have to that. count French fries for the kids? Is no, like no, no, that's son, not like oh you got two more. No, no, that they don't. <laughs> that they don't do. I've heard but about if there's, that. But if there's if there's a burn on it, they won't eat. They won't okay. Eat. Like if well if, then yeah that's you know, that's they're just always <laughs> the problem here and that's always the problem too with like we put basil and we make our cheese every day in house like. We used to cut it by hand. Now I have like a little slicer that we got off Webstaurant that saves us time. But yeah, kids are like freaked out by it. They're like, mommy, this isn't like pizza. And then there's some kids that are like, oh, this is great. But yes, there's finicky eaters where I'm sure if your kid came in and saw like basil, like, dad, I don't want that. Yeah, I don't want What is that? Yeah. Is We're that? like, there's like char on the crust. Like, I don't want that. Don't it's want burned. That. Yeah. You know? One bite. Everyone knows. Cool guy. <laughs> how'd, how'd this happen, and what did it do for the business I see what thereafter? Um, have no idea. Well, it happened. He told me he was cool. So he came in, fake name, was standing waiting for his pizza. The He said a fake, fake name? Fake name, he said Steve. I was like, pick up for Steve, you know. We were, like, slow. It was, like, you know, a Tuesday, Wednesday during the daytime. And uh, maybe even a Thursday, I forget. But uh, we were <coughs> mellow. So, Only Dave walks in, though, and you realize it's Dave. He walks in, and he's standing waiting for the pie, and I recognize him. I'm, like, in the middle of making other pizzas, but, like, no, his is in the oven. And he's standing there, and before anything, my waitress was like, Matt, there's a guy with a camera out front. Is something going on? And I was like, yeah, this guy right here is going to review the pizza, going to eat the pizza and review it. She has no idea who she is. She's like, oh, I think I heard about you. You're that... You're the guy that does it, right? And he's like, yes, that's me. <laughs> it's like, very, like, funny. And, yeah, sure enough, he, uh, we were just bullshitting a little bit, you know, while his pizza was coming out. And it's funny because I, Julio's the only other person. Julio's been with me since day one. And Julio's, like, the oven master, and he was about to pull the pie out. And I was like, Julio, give it another, like, 10, 15 seconds. Because I know he likes it crispy. <laughs> and then I, I've, like, replayed that moment so many times where I'm like, 
Julio knows the fucking oven. I should have just taken the pie out. Like, he cooks every pie in that oven. Like, I'll make it, put it in, and then he's the one cooking it. Like, I should have just taken it out. I probably Maybe we would have got a higher score. Maybe we wouldn't have. I don't know. But anyway, they Dave, like, eats the pizza outside. I'm like, I'm not going to be in front. I'm not going to be that guy hovering over him. So I wait till he's done, and all of a sudden he's gone. I'm like, yo, where did he go? But outside looking around, his SUV was flying by, and he was like, pops out. And I was, I was like, yo, you don't like come inside and give me a score? He's like, no, you got to watch the review. And I was like, oh, well, just tell me what the fuck I got. He's like, <laughs> he's like seven, nine. And I was like, oh, which I was like, cool, but also like you gave my partner a nine, one in Brooklyn. <laughs> so I was kind of like, oh, all right. And he's like, let me tell you something. And he hopped out of the SUV, and we like got face to face, and he was like, I don't like wood-fired pizza. He's like, I just don't. I think it's, like, fans, too fancy for me. It's not my thing. You don't really make wood-fired pizza, though. It's, like, it's in a wood-fired oven, but it's not that style. And I was like, no, it's, like, a crust. It's, like, we try to get a New York crust. And he was like, it was really, really good. I really enjoyed it. And he's like, I, that's all I can tell you. Like, I really liked it. And he's like, it was, it was, like, borderline, like, eight. He was like, it's, like, seven, nine, eight, one. Like, it's borderline that. And I was like, thank you. I appreciate that. So he goes... I'm going right now to uh, Sal's Mamaronek. What do you know about it? I was like, everything. I've been going to Sal's since I was a little kid. Like, you know, you're going to like it. That's right. It's, it was the same day, I remember, because yeah. I yeah, saw him in front day. of Sal's. He was wearing the suit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he was like, what do, you, what do you think about it? You're a pizza guy. And I was like, I think you're really going to enjoy it. It's like, it's pure New York gas oven pizza. It's great. And he went, and that review came out the next day, and I had to wait. And that review came out, and he gave us a higher score. So I was like, oh, shit. Like, well, you also didn't get the Sicilian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, uh, Which he doesn't mistake. get the Sicilian anywhere. I know, but Sal's at the spot where you go for the I know. Sicilian. He wouldn't, he wouldn't have liked it's the Sicilian. It's the Sicilian, the salad slice. Like, but, yeah. I would get a Sicilian. My mother always got the salad slice there. And he it would've, was like he, two like, classic Westchester slices yeah, that nobody else has duplicated. He would have rated the Sicilian lower, though, because he doesn't like it. He doesn't like it, yeah. and that's his thing. Yeah. Like, he just does it. He's, you know what's funny about that day? I was there all day that day. Damn, op- when he came open to close, <laughs> right? And uh, I remember the day vividly because that happened. Open to close, I'm there. We realized, I forget what it was we ran out. I had to run to Restaurant Depot for like <laughs> 30 minutes yeah. to go pick something up. The 30 minutes that I was gone, that's, that's when, when he, he came. Was there. And I was and my uh, AJ, AJ, uh, AJ caught him outside. So he was actually in that clip when really? he was out there reviewing the Sal's Pizza. And AJ's like, oh, you should come in here. And he's like, to the pizzeria? <laughs> and he's like, no, it's delicious though. And he's like, all right. But so we got a little... A little glimpse in the video, and I was like, oh, man. So what's that do for business, though, after the video comes out in the next week, two weeks, three weeks even? Okay, so the wildest thing was, like, you don't – I didn't know it was going to come out that day. Literally went up online. uh, Who texted me? Uh, Booze and Burgers, George Tappy, texted me, and he was like, yo, your review just came out online. I was just like, what? Like, he was the first person that texted me when it happened. I was just like, fuck. I, like, instantly went on YouTube, watched it, and I was like, okay. Like that, phone's ringing. And I'd say, because I remember Frank said in Brooklyn after he got a 9-1 that he had his best day ever the next day. He was like, dude, it's like, and they're always busy spot. They're in the middle of Williamsburg. They've been there 10 years. It's like, man, that just, he's like, yo, it took off. And yeah, it was, we had like a really, really, really solid month. And I think 
like anything happened publicity wise with this restaurant, whether it was Rob Patron with uh, Restaurant Hunter, uh, the initial my partner, we were like featured on his television show. So it was like every little thing was like a boost. But that was like the last big one that was like, oh, shoot. OK, like we're doing all right. Like, Did you have enough stuff? Yeah, I'm always out. ready. Right. Well, yeah, we're always <laughs> ready to go. It's honestly, yeah, it didn't get, we've like put up better numbers since then, but that was definitely like, okay, we could do this much volume for sure. So like in, it was pretty instant. So that month, I think it was two years ago, actually. It was two years ago in it was May 2019. Yeah. May 2019. Not Rain Man. I was watching it this morning. You were watching oh. it this morning. Yeah, two years ago. Yeah, so yeah, we're on track right now to have our the best month we've ever had, which is nice. like insane to think because you know, as Justin knows, like you know, COVID ruined Nourishell. Like, like we had like some really bad luck. Like, it COVID hit here and hit here first. Hit here and, first, like, yeah. <laughs> As soon as it hit, it was kind of like that 50% nosedive in sales, and it was really scary. And we've been, like, slowly each week building it back up. And two weeks ago, we had the best week we ever had. And it was like, holy cow. Like, our the best week we had previous was the week before COVID hit. So it's kind of like we're going on this upwards projection and then nosedive. nosedive. So it's been, like, the steady crawl back. That's funny. Two weeks ago was our best, best, uh, best week. Also. Yeah, people are coming out. Yeah, people. You know, we were just talking before you got here. Like, we're all vaccinated. Like, we're kind of comfortable going places. It's we want to be outside. You know, you were gonna work in the summer outside in the bar. Like, we the, built this outdoor patio to try to convince people to like, you know, still be very cautious about what's going on. But here's an outdoor space. Like, be with, be, you know, enjoy the weather. To be it's, outside again. It's and funny. now the mandates are lifted as of today. As of today, yeah. It's, it's yeah. funny as you uh, forget that, like, New Rochelle is the epicenter of the coronavirus, pretty much, as far as what it was known to be or originate yeah. from, really. So as I was picking my girlfriend's mother up from JFK, from San Diego, as we're cruising up 95, I totally forgot. And she's like, hey, mom. See this town over here? That's where it all started. Right here. Right here. You like that? Yeah. Yeah. So it was funny because friends from the West Coast, like people who had no idea what this city is, were hitting me up like, you okay? And I'm like, yeah, fine. I'm fine. Like business isn't really fine, but, you know, it's a whole other story. Like, but it was wild. Like definitely scary those first couple months, like because everybody's lives stopped and we all kept going. Like, yep. you didn't close, right? No. no. Like, Can't. you kept going. I kept going. Like, we're just going to, like, try our best and keep everybody safe. But yo, it was scary. Like, driving back, you know, I was living down the road in the Bronx, and it was, like, every night at, you know, midnight, I'm driving home. I'm, like, the only car on the road, <laughs> and it's all ambulances. And it yep. was, like, very, very yeah. surreal, you know? Scary I- to, like, look back and think about it. be like... Like, it's the end of the world. Like, I'm driving home, and there's just ambulances on the road flying by me. It's wild. I actually, I made a post maybe a week, a couple weeks ago, or maybe a month ago, and as everybody started to come back out this time, because there's a, there's a good amount of people that were coming out since we reopened last summer, right? Yeah. Like, 
with all the capacity stuff. But now this spring, a lot of people are coming out that have been in their homes for like a year and yeah. haven't done anything. You see them, they have long hair and, you know, <laughs> like they're kind of flexing the fact they're like, I've been in my house for a year. I haven't cut my hair, you know, like yeah. whatever. And it's weird because they're pretending. Well, they're not pretending. They're reacting as they are because they've been inside for a year. And they'll run into me and they're like, nice to finally get out, huh? And I'm like, yeah, I've been out here, dude. Like, where <laughs> yeah. are you getting out? Like, we're out here hustling for the past year. You know, it's it's like that cult. We're like, feeding people, yeah, you know, yeah. like, and you know, that's, a, that's another hard thing. Like, we talk about, like, just people in general and having respect for what we've done. And it's, you know, sometimes I, like, I snap and, like, I had somebody the other day that, like, complain you know they complained that their pizza was they said it was burned it was charred whatever like it's it's a debate it's, was it my son it's up, <laughs> yeah right <laughs> it's that's something that's subjective yeah. in terms of like there's people i know who are like if it's not charred it's not ready um so whatever it was like i it wasn't burned i wouldn't have ever sent out a burnt pizza but it was just the fact that this gentleman said that I come from a five-star restaurant experience and this is unacceptable to serve. And I was since I didn't say it to his face and I just kind of was like, okay, we'll agree to disagree, which we did. But I'm like, yo, I just spent the last year, like you're in this, in, you were in this industry and you had like something like, you want to send some food back, fine. But to like say. Yeah, agreed 100%. Said, was kind of like who the fuck are you yep like where were you for the last year were you working in this five-star restaurant in the city probably and like, probably not <laughs> probably not and you wouldn't like i've been in this industry a long time and like how many times i've gone out where like my order got fucked up or like something happened and like i don't say shit exactly I just eat it like it's cool it's like shit maybe happens. i won't go back like right away maybe i'll wait a little bit of time i mean i don't go out here you know anywhere really anyway but yeah. it's just that fact of like if you're in this industry, it's very, you really have to have some set of balls to like complain somewhere and send something back, but like be rude about it. Yeah. And it's like, that's Agreed. why you, Justin posted something where he was just like, yo, be nice. Like don't, you're coming oh, so out you to the, the restaurant. Yeah, don't be, be nice. a dick. Yeah. Yeah. Like don't be a dick. Like we're <laughs> like, we've been working while you guys have been sitting home. Like just treat us with some respect for what we've done. And I like right away, it was like, thank you, Justin. <laughs> Seriously. I'm glad that we were able to facilitate you gain that off your chest, first off. <laughs> yeah. And secondly, I think that most people that say that they're in this business aren't really in this business. I was just going to say, I have never, say never, never, ever, I have no. never dropped the, like, I'm in the industry line. I've no, never, never said that to somebody. Never. You either know or you don't, and that's yeah, really not relevant it, that to my That comes opinion, up in you know? conversation, like, and that's like, I was telling you about the place I like uh, in Sleepy Hollow. It's yeah, place yeah. Beekman Ale House. Like, dive bar with, like, bar pies. I think the place is cool. I just moved to Westchester. I'm like, I like it up here. And, you know, like, talking to those guys, like, who work their ass off, like, they do a really good job of, like, hey, you live in the neighborhood. Right. Like, why are you here on, like, a Monday night at 8 o'clock? Like, what do you do for a living? And yeah. it's, like, those conversations. Then it comes up, uh, and right. then it's, it's like, natural. that's how it's cool. relevant to say it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not like yeah, you walking guys. in here like, hey, look at my shirt. <laughs> like, you know what I do? Yeah. I get guys all the time, they're like, they'll say something just like that, maybe not as aggressive or rude, but they'll make a comment or an opinion 
of like, oh, you should, uh, you know, do something with the tables or something. Yeah. I'm like, okay. And they're like, I'm in the industry. So I'm like, oh. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. Immediately, as soon as you say I'm in the industry, to me, I, I stop listening to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's actually a really valid point, Justin. <laughs> so let me ask you with, you know, the fact that we're seeing awesome numbers right now and, like, places are kind of seeing growth in a lot of different ways. Like, you guys just both said that you've had your best numbers recently. Like, Where's the next Pizza La Rosa open up at? I don't know. Well, I'm not one for doing the same concept twice. I don't know if I'd want to open another La Rosa. This is a one of a kind. I have a hundred, you know, nearly hundred year old oven, which we did a ton of work on. And, you know, I'm not, a, I, I want to do something else. There's, I've looked at other spaces. There are people that come in here that, like and trust me and are like i'd love to do some project with you which you know i'd like to do down the line but i don't know if i it would be another la rosa per se um there's another there's a number of concepts you can do this thing this place is special uh you have a stockpile of concepts in your back pocket (laughs) i do i have we do too yeah 100 percent. you have you have ideas all the time we always have like a rotating seven or eight different concepts we're like this would work here or this would work there yeah but it's also like you guys were smart you built a really good brand in their shell and then you were able to branch out to the marinac and i don't know how that affected you guys with like you know cannibalizing sales but it's you know it's like very if you have something that works and you have like your profits down where you're like all right like look luigi did it in california like he's up to his fourth location for a reason like he was very smart about this is where i'm gonna go this what this is what makes the most sense and it works for him i just this place is just one of a kind so like i I, like I, i don't think i could do it like how could i put a fake oven in and be like all right it's la rosa like, There's not a lot of hundred-year-old loving no, around. No, it's the only. And I didn't. I didn't like decide Nurshell. I didn't decide the dead end street. I li- I literally was looking for an oven. Found this place on Craigslist, and that was it. Like, oh, they have a hundred-year-old oven. Cool. That's gonna be like. That's gonna be the restaurant. I followed up the week after to grab a white and meatball pie, and must say, the little char marks were perfect. Check out Pizza La Rosa on social media, located in New Rochelle, New York. Enjoy the episode? We release these every Thursday with great stories from great businesses. This has been On the Record with Pizza La Rosa's Matt DiGesu.